0: Big Red Revival.
1: Welcome into the Big Red Revival podcast, season three, episode nine. And I'm just going to go out and sit on a limb and say this, that uh, night games in Nebraska hit a little bit different. Uh, Nebraska had its first night game at Memorial Stadium over two years, and uh, in front of a crowd that could be described as nothing less than electric, uh, as Nebraska got the victory over Northwestern, 56-7. to But uh, before we jump into that, uh, with me as always, the quarterback, Zach Raby. Zach, what's happening, man? Golf, the golf gods were golf, uh, football
0: gods were, uh, were better than, or better to me this week. Um, I, uh, g- got to see a bunch of my teams kind of have that bounce back week, which is always nice. And so, um, you know, the vibes are high and, uh, feeling pretty good. But yeah, uh, you know, starts with the Huskers, they come out and do their thing. And then the Cowboys look like kind of the class of the NFC all of a sudden, or at least the upper tier. Right. And then um, I got to uh, get that fantasy win at your expense on on Sunday in the so, toilet bowl. In yep. the toilet bowl, but you know we, I came out. Um, I am I'm more on the seat now of the toilet, and you yeah. know working my way uh, to just exiting the bathroom altogether. So we'll uh, we we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see how that all pans out this week. But uh, no, it was a great weekend for football, and like you said, man, Memorial Stadium on Saturday night was just it was a skeptical. It was just like it was football art like it was just right. everything that you think of when you think of you know prime time big time college football and it was it was sweet to be there with you and again uh shout out to your to your wife and and your mother-in-law to uh, allow us to uh you know tag along with them it was a blast yeah
1: yeah and you know and we uh you know you know uh Acted well, you know. It uh, when you're blowing out some money, you know, it's easy not to get too worked up. So, uh, no, just an electric ap- atmosphere Saturday. Uh, but before we get into that game, Zach, you know, I obviously I s- noticed that you glossed over all of your teams uh, except for uh, you know, except for the Yankees. Uh, any update on on the Yanks? I was referring to the weekend, Taylor. Um actually, oh, okay. actually in that
0: <laughs> sense, it was, it it continued to be good because we secured uh, the one game p- uh, plan. For the for the wild card game on Sunday, which was a, actually an electric game for MLB because there was three different games going on that were going to decide that that last right. spot in or the last two spots really in the in the AL wild card and Yankees were able to squeak one out against the Rays in the ninth inning on Sunday, but then um, how how things change and mm. um, last night Tuesday night uh, they were they were. Um, beat out of the, the playoffs i'll keep it i'll keep it nice but it, season
1: ended their season ended. season
0: ended and i just want to say one thing fenway park is the dumbest baseball park ever <laughs> why do you have a green monster i mean speaking of yeah. monsters Giancarlo stanton's uh hit that hit the uh the green monster his home run single yeah yeah and and <laughs> ended with judge getting thrown out on either bad base running or poor third base coaching but, yep. um, that ball would have, would have traveled 420, 25 oh, feet. Least. Um, and so that's a whole different game because at that point it's three to three, but you know what it's, it was probably good for this Yankees team because you know, they, they weren't built for a championship this year. I don't know that they are going to be in the next few years. A lot of things need to change there, but, um, it's always good to kind of be in the mix and, uh, and get to the postseason, even if it's only for a day
1: yeah all right enough with the uh the bullshit you know we as <laughs> as we kind of let in with uh you know nebraska had its first night game at memorial stadium over two years and uh, you know in front of a packed house uh 6 kickoff um you know me and zach went down there with my wife and mother-in-law had epic seats thank you to uh mother-in-law appreciate that uh and just had ourselves a, a nice little day you know got down there what about one o'clock 1 or so and uh you know, you could just feel you could just feel the vibe in the in the atmosphere. You know, it just it just was feeling different throughout the day. The weather was uh, cooperating for the most part, a little overcast, but as far as temperature wise, I mean, it was ideal football weather. You know, I wore a hoodie and shorts, which is the best combo there is of any clothing apparel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, but um, yeah, the it's uh, you know kickoff and you know Nebraska came right out and jumped on them early. You know, came out and threw the bomb on them. Adrian went in deep to uh, Samari Torrey for a seven-yard pass on the first play of the game, um, and which, which was a ball that was you know, some way say was underthrown, uh, maybe even should have been picked off. But, uh, you know, Torrey made an adjustment, as great receivers do, and helped his quarterback out, came back to the ball and uh, uh, caught it. And then, uh, you know, what did we get the ball down on about the 10-yard line? And from there, we were able to punch it in. Um, mm-hmm. And that just kind of set the tone. The crowd was into it, you know. When you jump up on somebody seven nothing, right, th- like that, uh, you know, it's easy for the crowd to start to get behind you. And, and you know, before you know it, it's it's twenty one nothing. Nebraska goes on to score on their first three possessions. But uh, Zach, what just what kind of was your general overview of how the game started and kind of the game day atmosphere down there?
0: I mean, it was like you said, it was it was buzzing all day. And you know, we got into the stadium pretty early and kind of got to take into the atmosphere before the game started, but. Yeah, I mean, what a way to come out! And uh, I, I, I personally appreciate the kind of the ballsy first first down, first play of the game call, just to take a shot and break it open because, you know, we we haven't had a whole lot of success on that first drive this year, and you know, something we needed to we needed to make a change, and right. and Northwestern's one of those teams. If you let them hang around for long enough, you know, they'll be right there at the end, and we've we've seen that plenty, uh, since joining the big 10. So Correct. you live and you learn and you kind of grow from your, your past mistakes. And I think that was kind of a good sign to, to allow us to just get, grab that momentum, um, and, and hold to it for the, for the whole game. So it was good to see, and it was good to see Torre go up and kind of bail out Martinez. And, you know, that's, that's what we've been looking for in receivers up to this point is guys that are right. going to go up and make that play and, and break things open. So, love to see that and then we get down and um, we we do we run it with Ramir and then we go ahead and we just use our goal line back and Adrian Martinez to take it in for us so um, <laughs> yep it's uh, it seems to be you know pretty foolproof proof at this point and it was just a good way to to get on the board early and you know not to mention with our defense you know the strength of our team not getting on the field right away it's good to really give them a cushion for once and let them kind of play with a lead from the get go and, 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 their ears back. Exactly. So, and we saw, we saw what that can do too. So, uh, overall just awesome start. Couldn't ask for anything better. And, and I think, uh, you know, it just was, you know, the, the starting point for what, what was to come for the next, what was it? Uh, 59 minutes. Cause it only took us a minute to score.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was an ass whooping from start to finish at no point. Uh, was Northwestern in the game. Um, you know, there there's that one point where it's twenty-eight to seven, and uh, Northwestern got it down to the goal line, and I believe it had it first first and goal from the one yard line. Um, I believe ended up getting a false start, pushing back a little bit, and then um tried to do a little uh a little rollout and um JoJo Doman did his thing, forced a fumble, Damian Daniels recovered it, and that was all she wrote. It was all just uh, stat padding from then on out. Um, but I think, you know, the one thing that obviously we've discussed throughout throughout this season has been the offensive line play um, and just how putrid it has been through through the first five weeks of it. And finally, 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 finally uh, changes were made. Um, two guys were benched. So they brought, uh, Bryce Benhart and Ethan Piper uh, got to see themselves to the bench. So your right guard and your right tackle um, to the bench and left, they were left, placed- left guard, left tackle. Uh, by, OK, I thought, you yep. his band. Anyways, banjo you're your tackle. Right. Yeah, yep, yep. One okay. side of
0: the yep. one side of the line.
1: Yep. And they were replaced with uh true freshman from Elkhorn from Elk South. Uh, Teddy Pro, Praska, Praska, Pro-has-ka. I believe is how you say it. And the other guy, the uh, the transfer from Colorado State, um, the German, the he was a transfer, a uh, a foreign exchange student at Norris, I believe. Um, I'm going to butcher his name also. So uh, Norelli. No. Norelli. We'll just call, no, Norelli. I think that's actually how he's Yeah, stated. I've been practicing, Taylor. Yeah, the f- la- first name, I don't know. Last name is Norelli. So brought him and uh, Praska in, a true freshman, um, the six foot nine, you know, jolly green giant uh, from Elk South uh, came in and just the difference was noticeable immediately. Um, just those two had a good sync. And, you know, an offensive line play, it's not always about the individual, it's about the, the whole unit. And, you know, maybe hey, the rest of the unit had a little bit more trust in their guys up there, um, but the offense line was opening holes all day. I mean, opening ho- holes to the tune of 427 yards rushing on the ground. Um, that is that is what you call a dominant performance and was giving Adrian time uh, when he's dropping back for passes. So, you know, we were able to see the full the full gamut of what this offense looks like when it's running on, you know, high octane. You know, it's uh, – being able to run the ball in big chunks is going to just open up the entire playbook of this entire offense. You, I think, you finally, I think we finally got our first glimpse of what we thought we were getting when we got Frost from UCF because this is what UCF's offense looks like, and it all starts with being able to run the ball, mm-hmm. and everything feeds off of that play action, deep shots, and this was just a, I mean, is complete of an offensive game. At, excuse me, offense defense and. Are you going to say it? it? Offense, defense, and uh, special teams. And apparently the best special teams is keeping the motherfuckers off the field. Uh, So Nebraska was able to keep the special teams off the field for the most part. But when they did get in there, um, they were able to do their job. Uh, The kickoffs, I believe he kicked all of them through um, for touchbacks. So um, kickoff return was good. And I think we only punted one time in the entire game. So that uh, tells you what kind of day it was, but um, yeah, just a very complete game, a 50, 56 to seven stomping. This is Pat Fitzgerald's worst loss as the Northwestern head coach and the most total yards given up in uh, Pat Fitzgerald's uh, tenure at Northwestern. So that's saying a lot. Um, this is a team that obviously won the, um, the, big Ten, the big 10 West last year and two of the last three years. Um, so Now, granted, let's, I mean, let's, you know, call a spade a spade. Uh, Northwestern's defense is this year is an absolute joke. Um, They have one of the worst rush defense in the nation. Um, But, you know, when you have, when you have a bum in the ring, you know, like a fighting term, you got to get them out of there early, you know, don't let them know that they don't belong in the same ring or on the same field as you. So that's what we did, you know, put the, you know, put the foot to the uh, on the gas and didn't let up. So it was great to see. Uh, Zach, what did you think of, you know, just obviously started fast and then special teams did its little job of what what little it had to do and the defense um, was the d- defense that we've been seeing all year? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a complete game. Like you said,
0: you know, we zero turnovers, which is a which is right. a big deal. And, you know, it, whether they're a good team or a bad team, somehow we always find a way to to give the ball over. So, it's good to see that we're cleaning that up. And then you look gotta look at it four four penalties for 19 yards. And that didn't come until uh until the second half. So
1: yeah, played, zero first half penalties. Played
0: extremely clean football in the first half. And then and then you know, 19, 19 yards of penalties is never gonna kill you in a game either. So you gotta be happy about that. And then, you know, you you talked a lot about the offensive line, and I'll just, you know, uh piggyback on that with the emergence of uh Jacquez Yant because um that guy Whew looks like he uh, is the real deal. And I, I remember the, the moment we, you and I were in the stadium and he had that first carry and we're kind of like, who, what did we ju- Who is that? Yeah. Who is that? <laughs> is that, is that number zero running? The, is that right. like we've been talking about? Because by God, it was, he, he, he had a really good first run and then he gets up and then he damn near houses it. And, and stiff arms, a guy for 15 yards looking like Stanley Morgan
1: against Illinois. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want a big 10 running back to look like. Yeah.
0: And so it seems like we, and hopefully this is, this wasn't just catching lightning in a bottle with him and you know, maybe, I don't know. I I'm, I'm very, I've, I've kind of been high on him since spring and I think a lot of people have, but we always thought he was kind of that spring hero. Like we've, we've called him, but um, it looks like he's, he's very much game ready and very much game willing and could be, could be really big for us down the stretch here because, We've talked about that running running back group and how no one's really separated themselves, and you kind of started seeing Ramir do it, and then and then you have a huge performance out of a guy who's never never stepped foot on the field in a meaningful game at Nebraska and goes o- for over a hundred. So, right. and he's a big body guy that can that can take on you know the 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 punishment of the Big Ten exactly. So. Um, I'm hoping that we can just double down on that for, for the rest of the year. And then now all of a sudden we have Oliver Martin and all of our receivers. And so it just seems, you know, a lot of teams have already had a buy at this point and we're just going strong here. And so if we can remain healthy and kind of keep, keep plugging along and charging along and improving like we have been, you know, watch out because we'll, we'll get two buys here coming up in the next few weeks. And, and then, you know, we're going to be as healthy as anybody and kind of, kind of turning the corner and, and you know coming around and, and playing good football so really really exciting to see
1: yeah and this is as healthy as Nebraska's team's been all, all year including the beginning of this season obviously uh, we didn't have Volkolek for the first four games Oliver Martin was injured after starting in the second half of the first game so having Volkolek and Oliver Martin back um, just you know it just you see what what this offense was supposed to be now that sh- I mean this set of receivers and tight ends um is just there's a litany of we- weapons out there for, for Adrian Martinez and now that you know I don't know if this uh the new offensive line changes it's just a one game thing where you know uh, Northwestern's defense line is like I said guys it's they're they're not they're not a, the northwestern of old this is the worst team pat has ever fielded so you know it's it's hard to get a full read on things but um I mean they look great so if they can get you know just give Adrian some time and open up a couple holes I mean this is what this offense is supposed to look like and um you know back to the uh uh the Yant uh 13 carries for 127. Um, breaking tackles. And the beautiful thing about him was when he was getting tackled, he was never going backwards. He was always falling forward for another two to three yards. And that's what you want to see out of your running back. And obviously with Ramir, Ramir, you know, I, I never, I didn't think he was going to become the back that he has, you know, because Ramir was a track guy or is a track guy that was playing football. And now he's actually starting to look like a football player that, uh, you know, has a track background. Um, you know, there's that video of him coming around, uh, mm-hmm. lead blocking for Adrian and him and Chancellor, uh, and Chancellor Brewington, geez, old Chancellor Brewington. I mean, Hey, now, Hey, now, Hey, now, <laughs> uh, have you seen that baseball call from that guy Yeah, <laughs> uh, for the Mariners? I, I watched that thing no less than 30 times, but, uh, besides the point getting off track here. Um, but I mean, I, th- I hope every team is starting to, t- starting to watch Bru- Brewington, Brewington, Jesus Christ. Brewington when he comes on that in motion, because uh, he comes out in the motion. Um, he's, he's putting motherfuckers in the dirt. He's coming for like that, that, that ass. Yeah. Like he is, go- he is going for the kill shot and he's, he's uh you know, one shot, one kill, basically like he is putting people on their back. He's coming in that motion, the tight end motion coming across the formation. And he is just cleaning up the guy on the end of the line. And it's just beautiful to watch. And then on that short yard touchdown, he, he cleaned his guy out, put him on his back, and then Ramir Johnson, of all people, came and put a All-Big Ten player on his back, and Adrian Martinez was able to just walk in. And, you know, that's just the kind of things you love to see. I mean, when your teammates see you doing that, obviously, you know, the, the next day or two days later when you're watching on film, I mean, that's that's got to be a great feeling. Like, yep, yep, did my job, put the guy on his back, and just, uh, and it's great. And then you saw in the, uh, I believe it was in the Buffalo game, where he's coming in that that short motion, the motion across the formation, and instead of you know get uh blocking the guy in the end of the line, he went out for a little pass, and that's how he got his touchdown. So there's a nice little wrinkle off of that. So um, you know, this is this is what the offense is supposed to look like, you know. It's just like Scott was back there dialing up all the right plays, and you know, it's easy when you're rushing for four twenty seven, but um this is what uh, you know, we thought we had signed up for here at Nebraska. Um, what do you think of the offense going forward, Zach? you think this is what we can plan on seeing? Or or was this a one-off because Northwestern is, you know, terrible? Or what do you think we're going to be seeing going forward with this offense now that everybody's healthy currently and uh, we've got a new offense alignment in there? I, th- I think this is exactly what we were building it up
0: to be at this point because we've right. talked about it over the past couple of weeks that – maybe our run game hasn't looked the best and it hasn't been real effective but we stuck with it and we stuck with it and we kind of you know trusted the process in a sense where (laughs) you know we weren't we weren't uh necessarily getting the results we wanted from that that facet of the game but then you know you you like the option play how we've kind of let that evolve into our offense. And we haven't gone away from, you know, also doing the power run. We have a lot of motions and and just a lot of moving parts where it's kind of come to where we need it to be because now we have all these looks. And you you just gave a good example of Brewington uh, coming across and catching a touchdown pass. Next time he does it, the cornerback sits back a little bit and right. the cornerback unfortunately has to pay for that. So, yeah, he's going to see that on film. And and <laughs> Fitzgerald said in his post-game presser, he said that they they had a di- kind of a different flavor of that option that they've been showing a little bit all year and we weren't ready for it. I mean, he 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 honed his inner Scott Frost in admitting that they were not prepared for something in this game. <laughs> and so um it's good to see because I think this is maybe the second or third time that I, I can honestly say that Scott Frost has out-coached the opposing coach.
1: Right. And, and, and when it's uh s- when it's somebody of you know Pat Fitzgerald's milk, uh, yeah. you know it's a it's a big deal. So it just seems
0: like you know we're we're doing all the the right things for the right reasons. Although it's kind of hard to see along the you know along the process or along the timeline of this season. But when you when you finally get to see it kind of come to fruition, like we did. You know, 657 total yards against a team that's, you know, historically pretty stout on defense is is something that you can hang your hat on, but not for too long because you have to kind of find ways to keep you know evolving what we're doing now and keep keep things fresh. Because Harbaugh, say what you want about him, he's still a long tenured coach and still a good coach, and he's going to see some holes in that. He's going to see some things that he likes. Um, you know that to to bring into our game, so we have to we have to continue to to, to kind of keep this train rolling and and figure out new ways to be creative and innovative and and keep the defense on their toes. But I mean, obviously, not en- there's not enough you can say about the offensive performance, and and we talked about it too. We went out and just simply imposed our will on a lesser opponent, and you just love to see it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, I wanted to circle back to the Yance. Uh, situation. Um, just wanted how good he looked. I mean, just like I said, we already talked about breaking tackles, stiff arms, falling forward after contact. Um, you know, it kind of brings up—I uh, don't know. I guess a little bit of concern. You know, this would be Nebraska's what fourth leading running back in six games. Um, you know, and Frost after the game, you know, was trying to temper expectations. Uh, talked about how he came into camp overweight i think he said 255 he's down to 235 or whatever 230 um and it's just it's like what you know what i was saying after the game it's like you know what did this motherfucker lose 30 pounds this week or you know when you know it's like i don't i don't know it's just like you know scott's like hey no i told him he wasn't going to play till he lost the weight and it's just like oh yeah you know scott you're so such a disciplinarian you know it's <laughs> like i i don't know it kind of it kind of pissed it Obviously, it excited me to see Yan in there, but also then kind of pissed me off to be like, you know, where's this fucking guy been at all season? Like, he didn't just lose 30 pounds in the last five days, okay? So, it wasn't like he just went from 255 to 230 Sunday to, to fucking, you know, Friday night. So, it's like, where's this guy been? And the thing about it is, we we saw the flashes in spring ball, you know? Like, got everybody excited in spring ball. Um, it's just so, it's just alarming still that this running back room, like, and once again, everybody's playing well. Ramirez playing well. Yant looked good. The other guy, Step, has had his flashes. Um, Savion Morrison's looked good. It's just, you know, I'm tired of uh, each game, a new guy, like, which which guy's going to be our bell cow? It's like, you know, I heard one of the guys on, you know, I listened to the big red overreaction after the, after the game on the way back to Omaha. And he, and he was like, you know what this means. Yant had a great game, so and you know it definitely means that we'll only be seeing him for two carries this game <laughs> because that's because that's what the that's what the consistency consistency's been with this this staff this year for the running backs it's been you see one guy one game getting uh you know a, the uh most of the carries and then the next game you know you hardly see him at all i mean step started two games and now he's i mean he got a lot of garbage time snaps today but you know and and meaningful carries he's getting next to none so it's like I don't know. I I can't seem to figure out what uh what what the situation is in the running back room and why we didn't see Yant before. He couldn't have just been sitting there waiting like, "Oh, nope, 231. I told you 230 before you play." You know, it's like he've had to have been seeing this before. I mean, so, that wasn't just a guy that just, you know, had a nice game that was open. He was breaking tackles, stiff arms the whole nine so uh, what's your take on that so
0: i i kind of heard some chatter a little bit i don't know how much truth there is to it but i we like you said we saw him in spring he looked great he looked big then um i don't think he looked 258 big is what they what they said he got up to but um it sounds like he he might have put on a lot of the weight after spring ball okay. before they were kind of back in camp and from I, and I, I, it's, these are all just kind of the, the local, um, Husker sports guys, but they right. said that that might've kind of put him in the doghouse with, uh, with Frost and just, you know, I, I heard it and, and this was a good point that I heard too, that put on that freshman 15. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it, it's like, um, you know, you can, you can show the effort and the film and practice and everything, but how you take care of your body outside of everything else is the real refle- reflection on how much you actually care about your performance on the field. And I thought, I thought that was like, I thought that was kind of like, Oh shit. Yeah. You're right. Because right. yeah, you, you can be seen in the weight room for, you know, your required weight training time. And, and then obviously you're at practice and in film and stuff and you're, you're kind of going through the motions in that sense. But, um, if you're not doing all the right things outside of, you know, controlled team activities, what does that say about you as like, as a player, as a teammate and, you know, as an, as a competitor. And so that, that could be it. I'm not, I'm not for certain on anything like that, but I mean, that's, that's the only reason I could think that it it took this long because come on, man, you gotta, you gotta do the things that we don't tell you in order to be able to do the things that you want to do out here. So that could be it. I don't know though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be, it's just, I don't know. Like you said, and it's not just the Yant thing where we haven't seen him. It's it's been the other running backs that we've seen, yeah. and then they've you know, and then they've disappeared for weeks at a time. So, well, then you look at Norelli uh, too. I mean, the guy
0: has starting experience at Colorado State. Why have we not right, started him as yet? a true freshman? Yeah, yeah started State. as a true freshman. And it's like, so it's not a Matt. I mean, I can see uh, Prohaska not getting on the field till now because true freshman, big guy, and you know, kind of let him have his have his practice time and growing pains and all that, but. I mean, this guy's got actual game experience, and right. your line is clearly struggling. Get somebody else in, you know. I yeah. mean, so I the Norella thing, Norelli thing I can get my head around, but Prohaska I can kind of see where there was a little bit of a, but yeah, the running backs too. I can I can see, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. There's just no consistency there, and there's seems right. to be no you know real plan with that running back
1: room. Right. So you know. Obviously, it's a blowout. It's thirty-five-seven at halftime. Um, you know, we uh, we had we had for the back to the blur tailgate to go ahead and get a couple more cocktails in, and you know, get a couple more drinks in at halftime. Um, and you know, there was all the chatter on my way back on the overreaction and across uh, across the to- across the talking heads or whatever about Scott Frost's uh, halftime speech. And obviously, we we're we we're at the game, and you know, at the tailgate drinking, so I didn't really get the chance to. To hear it until the next day, and it was. Um, I you know, it a lot of people read it like you know, a lot of Husker fans were like, basically, Frost was uh still getting after his team. Oh, you know, there there's still a lot to clean up, there was a ball on the ground, and basically, what had a you know, a, an angry look on his face and was still you know, talking about all the mistakes instead of talking about you know, being up 35 to seven on Northwestern, um, at home, you know. And I, what was your take on how he kind of addressed? uh did you see the halftime speech we'll just start with that yeah I mean I saw it it
0: it was nothing to me to be honest I mean I I yeah he's he's fired up he he doesn't I think more of it is that he doesn't want to seem like he's complacent with the results from the first half he wants to come off as a hard ass and like oh we're not we're not satisfied yet and all that but right uh, I don't like, know I mean I I don't have any problem with that I, I didn't really think
1: much about it to be honest but I don't know I, I, I I thought he came off as a fucking jackass as usual. It's like, (laughs) you know, you're having your best game in the last two years and you, you're going to go in there with a frown on your face and just picking apart the little things instead of talking about, you know, there are obviously still some things we clean up this, that, and the third, but, uh, you know, we did a lot of things. Well, blah, blah, blah. It was all just negative, negative, negative. It's like, it's like, it was like he was Nick Saban. It's like Scott, man, you, (laughs) you know? Fucking you you ain't that you, you're not that guy, bro. You're not that mean, guy. He, the guy. <laughs> you're not that guy. The guy's right? probably
0: on edge, though, because I mean, I don't know if you saw like the footage of uh, Frost coming off the field and he's he's getting like hugged by Trev Alberts and like a yeah. handshake by Chancellor Green. It's like they both probably told him like, well, earn yourself another g- another week. Because, yeah, it, I mean, that could be it. Like, I, I know you let Trev know on, on the sidelines on
1: Saturday. I, I, I did have a uh, pregame conversation with Trev, uh, Albert. You know, before the game got started, we came down to watch warmups and uh, had a couple words to Trev. You know, I won't tell everybody. Those just re- remain between me and Trev. But, um, you know. I think we're on the same page of uh, where this program's at and where you know things that need to be done. So it resulted in him uh, giving you a head or
0: a thumbs up. So I mean, that's yes,
1: a, exactly. Yeah, it was a positive. He heard my words, <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, you know, and then after the game, um, you know, Scott, you know, kind of laid into the media. You know, it's <laughs> I don't you know, it's just crazy. It's like it's like. <laughs> it's like, bro, you won one fucking game against a terrible Northwestern team. And then he comes in and he's like, well, yeah, and you guys always do this and talk about this. And the media says this about me and the media just sits there and just takes it. It's like, you're letting this guy come out and fucking tongue lash you. This fucking 16 win and fucking 23 loss coach come in here and tongue lash you after beating the worst team in the fucking big 10. Like they would never take that from Bo. Like honestly, exactly. It's like, why are you guys letting this fucking man talk to you this way? Like, you know, it just, it's like someone should be like, Scott, should we remind you of your fucking record? Or, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I didn't like the way he was talking at halftime. I didn't like the way he was talking to the media afterwards. And the media just, you know, just, like, oh, yeah, Scott, yeah, we do, we do exaggerate things, don't we? Yeah, we are. It's like, dude, why are you letting this coach talk to you like this? That, whatever. Um, you know, I obviously, I've made my thoughts and feelings pretty clear on Scott Frost. I, I don't like the guy. I don't think he's a great coach. Um, but there is one thing I will say about him. Um, and oftentimes when situations like this, we've obviously, it's been four years. There's been a lot of situations where, I'm obviously we started off 0-6. Um, we've had a lot of bad stretches. Nebraska under his tenure has never won back-to-back Big Ten games. Excuse me, only one time won back-to-back Big Ten games. And that was uh, toothed two seasons ago after we beat um, Illinois and then that beautiful nine to six game against Michigan state. The only time we've won back to back big 10 games. Um, So there was a lot of times where guys, you know, even after that Michigan state game, um, you know, that could have been a soul crusher and this team could have came out flat. And no time in this 10-year of Scott Frost has his team ever came out the following game and looked like they've quit on their coach because there has been ample times, and you see that in a lot of other programs. Go look down at Florida State for for an example, where teams, when they're losing and things aren't going the way that they've planned, uh, teams will often mail it in, and you can tell when a team has quit on their coaching staff. And this team, at no point ever – And there has been plenty of (laughs) opportune points for this team to meld in. They have never quit on their coach. And I will hats off to Scott for always having his team ready to play, whether it, (laughs) whether the score ended up there or not, they have never came out flat and they have never looked like they have just completely given up. They've always came out and given their hardest, whether it ended up in a W or not. uh, He's had his team fighting for him. So that tells me that at least his team is willing to go out there and fight for him. So, um, you know, there's at least that beautiful part of it. Um, but as I said, this is, uh, you know, heading into this Michigan game, uh, it's been two and a half years since Nebraska's, uh, put together back to back big 10 wins. Um, and then you, you factor that in with a top 10 Michigan team, an undefeated top 10 Michigan team coming in here at five and zero coming in. It's, uh, you know, it's a big ask, but, uh, I think everybody's, you know, riding high. Um, do you, do you think Zach that possibly, uh, we're riding too high after this uh, northwestern win. Probably, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> In all honesty. Um which. but I, I can
0: see why you would because it's it seems pretty apparent and pretty clear that this team just feels a little bit different. They're just always going to it just seems like they're always going to be competitive um right. and they've and credit to them, you know, outside of Illinois, I, I think we should just take that tape, bury it in the sand, and never never look back at it because that just seems like a different team at this point. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we were very competitive with Oklahoma and Michigan State. We should have won it. And then, you know, we've taken care of business against the lesser opponents, and that's that's what a good team will do. And I I, I just I, I feel good about where this team could go this year. I don't want to get too... You know, because we've seen it a million times when when we have these primetime games on ABC at night against a big time opponent. We've seen what happens. And so right. I want to see us be the same team we have been for the last ever since Illinois yep. on Saturday night. And then I might join all of the uh, the Kool-Aid drinkers at that point because, you know, it's it was homecoming Northwestern first home game in a while. We were hungry. We're coming off, you know, two or uh, a really really tough loss against Michigan State, where we were the better team. And so mm-hmm. let's see if we, let's see if we can't double down and, and continue that success. And like we're we're healthy, you know, we have a lot of things clicking. Our defense is just playing like dynamite. I mean, right. can't say enough about them. And and that that helps because you know historically, you know, Nebraska has always kind of hung their hat on the black shirts and how good of our defense it uh how, how good our defense has been and and was and and so you know we have that and we have a quarterback that can that can make plays for us and we seem to have some weapons around us and maybe we figured out our line maybe all the stars are finally aligning and I feel like mm-hmm. this is a really really good team that might be overrated in my in my opinion they have not played anybody um worth right. a note I mean you, you know, you, there some of their early wins against teams that people
1: thought were gonna be good were not good, are yeah, not like good. The, yeah. Washington
0: and Wisconsin are terrible.
1: They haven't played one top twenty-five team yet. And and it
0: just seems to me that we're a little more battle tested and we've gone through some shit already this year that you know we're we're a little more ready for adversity than they might be. And so right. that's what I'm thinking. And so I'm I'm kind of just hoping for the best. But I think I think we have a great shot, and so does ESPN because FPI has us as like a fifty five percent chance to win.
1: Yeah, uh, the line is uh, three, three and a half, depending on where you're looking at it. But um, yeah, it's um, if the same team that's came out the last two weeks against Michigan State and Northwestern comes out Saturday against Michigan, um, I really like our chances to come out of there with a W. Um, but you know, before we have into that game, you know, I forgot one of the big underrated things nobody's really talking about on the defensive side of the ball. Um, well, with and just saying this about the defense and then uh, Adrian Martinez, like they're both playing so good now that we don't even, we don't even give them their flowers anymore. It's just <laughs> almost expected. You know, it's just, we have, we've said little to nothing about Adrian at, you know, uh, this episode and it's cause it's just like, all right, we've seen it what four, four games and out since the Illinois game. He's came out and just, he's been the best quarterback in the big 10.
0: Can I, and, real quick, can I give I, my uh, Martinez uh, stat plug and then I'll let you do the defense. Plug it. I, t- I tweeted it out on our on our Twitter. Uh, you may have seen it if you didn't follow us. But um, through six games, 2AM is ranked eighth in average yards per completion, 15th in passing yards, 25th in QBR, 42nd in rushing yards, and third in rushing TDs nationally. In addition to that, with the help of Martinez, Torre is 14th in receiving yards and 10th in uh, yards per reception nationally so the uh the brothers continue to uh be best friends and uh karate
1: chop uh, doritos uh, bags <laughs> right. in the garage yeah i mean you know your wide receiver course talented when uh you could you could clearly make the case that uh maybe xavier betts is your fifth fifth maybe fifth best weapon receiving wise out there i mean obviously tore uh oliver martin um 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 austin allen obviously and um and um omar, uh, omar manny yep. yeah i mean it's this is a talented as w- of wide receiver group as we've seen um some people point to um you know the back in like oh six i believe with uh purify uh, swift. um swift t nun and uh what's the name from grand island uh, todd peterson yep was very underrated. Who was our reckon, tight but, end? Was it Harrion then, or was it? Um, no, he was. Yeah, no, he I was, think Harrion was gone for that. But um, yeah. you know that wide receiver group, and then um, um, but there's been a couple where it's. But this is like, especially size wise, this is as good as wide receiver group as Nebraska has seen. And the beautiful part about it is, you know, I hadn't really even looked at uh, <laughs> at the classes of everybody because everybody's class is all fucked up with all this uh, with the COVID year. Um, you know, there's only six total seniors on this entire two deep, um, including special teams. So um, I think Torrey is the only one on the offensive line or the, on the offense, starting offense, that is a senior. So this whole team could be back next year. Um, but on the defense side of the ball, obviously the defense line has been the story. Garrett Nelson has just been playing out of his goddamn mind. The linebackers, Heinrich, um, just, you know, it's my guy, man, uh, just playing incredible football. Um, looks mm-hmm. faster too, you know. The early in the season, looked like you know that maybe they were getting beat to the edge a little bit, but these guys are just playing out of their mind. Um, and then they got a big boost that uh, not a lot of people were talking about. Casey Rogers made his return um, against Northwestern, mm-hmm. and Casey Rogers, you know, when we left off last season, he was playing as good as football as anybody on the defense. Um, so to get that boost back from him, uh, just a big, big step. So it's just when you have a defense. They're giving up yards, but it's um they're um it's a scoring defense. They're not giving a lot. They're a top ten uh, scoring defense, so they're not giving up a lot of points. And when your defense is playing how ours is, and you have a quarterback playing how our quarterback is playing, you know, the guy's a limit. And right now in college football, it's looking like you know it's Alabama, Georgia, and then everybody else. You know, everybody else play. Everybody else is beatable. You know, um, not to say Alabama Georgia can't be beat, but um, they look. They look like the class of uh, this year. So, um, I mean, for God, goodness sakes, fucking Iowa's number three. <laughs> fucking Iowa is number three in the country, if that tells you anything and Cincinnati about where be. we're at. Yeah, I mean, you could certainly make a case for that. I, I think Cincinnati is going to make the playoff this year. The only um, reason Iowa's
0: that high is because they beat uh, a then-ranked opponent in Indiana and then a then-ranked opponent in, was it Wisconsin? They just beat Notre Dame. Or who was the other one? I can't remember.
1: So yeah. It uh no, yeah, I don't no, know. No. I think this is the I, year that finally a power five team finally breaks breaks the uh, CFP and gets in there. So and it definitely looks like uh um Georgia and Alabama are gonna both get in. Obviously they've got to play each other in the uh SEC title game. But um it's uh it's the the game is wide open. So um but uh what else would I had on here? Oh, I mean obviously the biggest aspect of it was uh, the third quarter, (laughs) you know, Nebraska has been searching for that thing to do that Wisconsin jump around whatever to uh, do in between the third and fourth quarter. And, uh, and boy, boy, did they come through? Um, They had the light show going, thunderstruck. Um, They didn't play that sorry ass Killigan song at the beginning of the the fourth (laughs) quarter. They played it at some point in the game, but uh, luckily it wasn't then. So Zach guys, tell us about the third quarter. So what would you think of the whole setup and how it went, went down? Well, it's kind
0: of weird that this was like such a big deal because um, I don't know why, but I just kind of anticipated this moment in like the, uh, the game day atmosphere for so long. And we, you know, we were talking about it leading up to the game about what the perfect song would be to play, you know, if we were to do the light thing and, um, and it, it definitely became a real thing. And it's, it's something that we've kind of flirted with, with let me clear my throat and some other things. And uh, the Irish song just wasn't, wasn't doing its job. And then they, they moved that to the, in between the first and second quarter. So, you know, whatever, if you, if you feel like you need to do it, fine, do it then. But um, I don't know. There was just a lot of anticipation on my end for some reason. I didn't even know they were going to do anything special. And, Boy, right. did uh, did they did they deliver. <laughs> they came through. They delivered yeah, they, in a big way. And it was really cool the way they did it because the they started it. And you and I were had talked about it leading up to this point. And then they just started playing um, just a, a random song. All the lights were stolen and everything. And then all of a sudden, boom, they just cut the lights. And they start playing this. And everyone was a little slow to react. If I remember correctly, they were all kind of like, oh, we got a visitor. <laughs> Can you say, "Go big red"?
1: Go big red. All good right. night, Daddy. Go big red. All right. Good night. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, and so it was. Um, it was just a really, really special moment for a lot of people. Not only because right. the you know the whole production of it was sweet, but yep, the moment in which we were in as a team and a program and everything, and like how much we were dominating exactly. that game. Everyone was just so engaged in the game and. I'll say this, like, even though it was a blowout, no one left early.
1: No. And, it, it, no, and it's no, just did it.
0: all the, uh, all the old, um, you know, I don't know, chatter or whatever about how people always leave early. It's more, more so for Nebraska basketball, but, um, it, it was all put to rest that night because it was just, everyone was there. They were partying they're enjoying some football and enjoying an all ass
1: right. ass beating, and yep, not, I saw all the fireball shooters, you know, laying in the, in the stands and shit where we we're leaving, you know, yep. people were enjoying themselves. So, yeah, but overall just a sweet thing
0: and let's, let's just grab like a tradition like that and hang on to it and make it something right. cool that, you know, I mean, it does more than just like provide entertainment for the fans in the stadium. It, I mean, it right. You saw what the players were doing. Oh, yeah. They were fucking raising hell on the sidelines. I I guess Martinez knew about the light show uh, before the game. He mentioned it in the the presser afterwards. And he was like, yeah, Yeah. I knew it was going to be something sweet. There was always there was just kind of these whispers going around campus all week. So well done, Memorial Stadium staff. And as always, the media media team, I'm sure they had a hand in it because there's not
1: nothing they touch that doesn't turn to gold. Dude, the social media team in Nebraska is is elite. Outside outside of that whole uh, fucking, the only slip up I've ever seen them have was uh, trying to set us up for this fucking Tom Osborne fucking clothing line that fucking no one needed at all. I mean, what a goddamn letdown. Even, mean,
0: even for us at the press <laughs> conference, he's like, I'm sure Tom hates all this.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, and so do we. we. This is stupid, okay? And, and, you know, Of course, anytime Nebraska does something like this, Like when we had to buy out the the tickets to keep the sellout streak going, you you focus around kids. So it's like, and all proceeds will be going to the teammates foundation. It's like, oh, of course. So it's going to be hard to criticize, giving money to kids, but (laughs) I'll criticize fucking stupid. And nobody wants a goddamn Tom Osborne fucking shirt. Okay. A 89 year old night, however old he is. No one wants that shit. No one, no one needs it. Okay. But besides that, the social media team is fucking always on point. Mm -hmm. So, um, but okay, so to to the game at hand. Obviously, this game Saturday night, like I said, it was the first night game in two plus years, and it was just in a completely different vibe. The rail yard was fucking absolutely bonkers. It was and we didn't we went down there what an hour before the game to get a couple last final drinks. And we were down there at two o'clock and it was people were trickling in, trickling in, Then we got went back there at five o'clock and it was I mean, people were on the tables. It was it was shoulder to shoulder room in there and just completely different vibe down there and you know if we thought that atmosphere was crazy Saturday is going to be even more I mean the weather is going to be absolutely gorgeous I think the high is 83 83 degrees with us at 72 at kickoff and you have a top 10 undefeated Michigan Wolverine team coming in I mean this is what college football is all about this is two historically great powers playing each other you know, and it, just the kind of football that both teams play, you know, this isn't going to be some, I don't know, like some high scoring, high flying game. This is going to be a game that's going to be 27, 24, you know, 21, 17. This is going to be a good, if you want to put college football, show someone's college football for the first time, Saturday would be the game to take them to. Like, this is, this is what college football is about. This is what Nebraska is about, too. Historic traditions: two former coaches, two former quarterbacks, that had led their teams to titles. Um, in Harbaugh's case, Big Ten titles, and Scott Frost case, case national titles, had led their school to those and came back to make good on uh, being the head coach of their former al- alma mater. So. Obviously Michigan's number one and has in uh, all-time wins. Nebraska's in the the top six it's this is uh, this is college football and this is gonna set the table for what would be Scott Frost and Adrian Martinez signature victory in their Nebraska career because right to this date, um, I don't believe either one of them have a signature victory, which is kind of crazy here in uh, you know year four that uh, that has yet to happen but um, this is gonna be it you know, uh, and nebraska fans we all need to show up and do our part which i guarantee that we will do um and i like i like our chances on saturday zach what do you think about the whole saturday hoopla and you know obviously this is the abc primetime because that means so that means herb street's calling the game then correct i think so yeah because he's the he's the ABC's mm-hmm. saturday night game so so you got the a crew coming in to call the game um i'm already hearing a lot of people pick the huskers I'm yeah. hearing a lot, and I'm not talking local people. I'm hearing a lot mm-hmm. of national people picking the Huskers. Um, so this is this is what you ask for, you know. This is what we live for, you know. We live for these, you know, twelve Saturdays every fall, and then you get this opportunity. You get uh, you get your chance to get a signature victory against a very beatable top ten team, and against a, a historic uh, Michigan Wolverines University. Yeah. So go
0: ahead Zach yeah I think uh you know you can you could almost call this like the historic helmet game or or something like that but because uh you know there there's there's very few very recognizable college football helmets and Nebraska and Michigan are right up there at the top so or as the most recognizable I should say but um yeah I mean it's it's like you said it's this is college football in a nutshell in this game right here I mean this is historic programs coming together one one's kind of thriving and you know really riding a good good win streak and off to a great start and one's kind of surging back out of out of the out of the out of the basement here so um a lot of them on the line for both teams and you know Michigan's playing for for a pretty a, a greater good and Nebraska's you know playing for a bowl game and you know maybe more, who knows, you know, yeah. you, you never know, but um, this could be the springboard game. And then, and something we haven't talked about yet is the way that Michigan beat the shit out of us the last time we played them in Ann Arbor. Oh my! Lord. And so, you know, you got it. And this has been brought up by the the local media to the players and coaches this week too. And you know, th- those guys that were on that field that day, including Martinez, who was kind of, you know, uh, hobbled by an injury, they haven't forgot about that. And, right. you know, th- those are, those are the beat downs where, you know, you want you want another crack at it, and they're going to get it mm-hmm. at home at night on ABC, big time. All the eyes are on this game because you know that Iowa and Penn State game will be ending about the same time we're getting ready to kick off, and so mm-hmm. I mean, there this is this is a big deal. And and then even to really dig deeper into you know storylines, Scott Frost is the quarterback for Nebraska when we had to quote unquote share a national championship against who? Right, Michigan. the Michigan Wolverines and so and so you know that you can might play that into uh the equation there because you know you know say what you want about scott frost he played he played sports his whole life he's now a coach and he's been a coach for a long time and i mean he's got that competitive edge and he hasn't forgot about that stuff so you know all those all those things play into the the energy and everything that else that goes into the game and so I mean, look out, Michigan, because you're going to have a, Nebra- a hungry Nebraska team that's going to be taking the field Saturday, and you yeah, know, we want we want this win probably more than than you
1: need it. <laughs> we need to we need this br- this win like we need our next breath, and you know <laughs> the atmosphere is going to be is going to be absolutely electric. I am so pumped for it. Um, and you know, you talk about the 2018 matchup where Nebraska went to went to Michigan. Of course, I traveled to that game, which adds to the litany of. Uh, road blowout losses taylor's been to uh, but yeah it was a complete domination and you know there's 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 some beef uh built up with uh with uh, scott with uh jim harbaugh um now jim harbaugh i've got a lot of respect for uh just because he was the coach of my 49ers and brought us back to prominence took us to a super bowl so definitely respect him for that um but you know the year before our scott frost first first year at ucf um they actually traveled to michigan and played played michigan and got the doors blown off of them but afterwards scott scott's uh you know had some dumbass remarks about you know i think we're the more physical team in the game and you know and we i think we out hit them and all this shit which was completely asinine they got beat by like 40 points um and harbaugh kind of took it personal um and then there's uh so when obviously when Frost came back with Nebraska in 2018, uh, I think he wanted to make sure he left a message about who was who was doing the hitting and who was the uh, the big dog in town. And then even farther than that, uh, Jim Harbaugh's got a little beef with um, our AD Trev Alberts. Um, if you go back to uh, Trev Alberts was drafted, I believe six overall by the Indianapolis Colts, where their quarterback was none other than Jim Harbaugh. And Trev Alberts, you know, came in with high, you know, high expectations, didn't quite live up to it. Um, Injuries kind of took a toll on him. Um, But there was a point in time when uh, Jim Harbaugh was calling out Trev Alberts uh, in the media about his injuries and about completely being bought into the team because Alberts was uh, debating whether to retire or not and just was kind of wishy-washy. And so there's a little built-in, you know, uh, beef with uh, Harbaugh and our AD and our head coach. Um, and then obviously we need to settle forever the, uh, the true 1997 national champs where we split it with them, which still to this day I'm you know absolutely 100 for certain that Nebraska would have beat the hell out of Michigan that year. I mean when your best team is your cornerback and no matter what I give I'll give Charles Woodson his flowers. The guy was you know obviously he was the Heisman Trophy winner, but uh, Nebraska would end up running the ball down their throat and uh, and who, shutting them down. Do you remember
0: the, – do you remember who their quarterback was? Um,
1: in 1997, it was uh, it wasn't Greasy. Yep, it was Greasy. And do you, Brian Greasy, did you see how we handled Peyton Manning in the bowl game? Right. Exactly. So you're, you're exactly. telling me exactly. we're not going to take care of Brian Greasy? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because your cornerback, you know, your all-star, your Heisman-winning corner cornerback would have been coming in such, uh, you know, high regard with uh, Nebraska, who fucking doesn't throw the fucking ball at all. So and you know, you know, you know who might up this option. And you know who Michigan beat in the Rose Bowl that year? Uh yeah, they
0: bit beat the pill popper. Yeah, the uh the biggest Ryan flop, Leaf. Second <laughs> probably the second biggest
1: flop in uh, NFL quarterback draft history. Yeah, yeah, took it to Ryan Leaf. Well, they didn't even take it to him actually. They kind of they kind of got screwed at their end. Uh Washington State had a chance to uh from about the thirty yard line to throw one to the end zone, but uh they let uh, the referees let some extra time run off the clock and they didn't even get a chance. And as opposed to us, we went and 42, seven moralized, Peyton Manning and Tennessee in their final. Yeah. Their final, his final game as a collegiate, which Tennessee then went on to win the national championship the following year with T Martin. Um, Peerless price, right? Uh, yes. So yeah. um, it, there's, there's a lot on the line where it's going to be a special, special, special environment. Um, I don't. I don't know what else to say, guys. I mean, it's. Uh, this is this is what uh, you know. This is what the twelve weeks a year come around to. This is what we're looking for. You know, we're not looking to beat up on Buffalo at eleven a.m. We're looking for you know Michigan under the lights on ABC with Herb Street in the booth. I mean, you you, you talk to your aunt or uncle that don't watch football and they say, oh, who's it playing this weekend? It's, oh, it's Nebraska and Michigan. No matter what the records are, throw the records out the window. When someone hears it's Nebraska and Michigan, those are two top-end brands, two historically great programs, the eyeballs are going to be on our program. And all the top games on Saturday are early in the day. So the Red River rivalry, obviously, you know Texas and Oklahoma is 11 o'clock. Iowa-Penn State plays before us. So the nation's eyeballs are going to be on us. ABC, prime time. It's time to go ahead and get that signature victory and take that next step. So, Zach, what else do you got? Anything? Yeah, I think
0: just the last thing um, we, we didn't talk about Martinez a whole lot, but I think uh, it's important that we we do all the things we can to um, not put too much on his plate. Um, if we can, we can continue this this solid run game and have our receivers kind of getting open. We don't want him to have too much on his shoulders too much to you know really you know add to him uh where we can kind of you know figure things out with with other guys on the offense It, it takes a lot of pressure off him and allows him to play play football it allows him to play loose allows him to do the things that he does best and that's not that's not trying to trying to do too much because that's when you see the fumbles and the errant throws and things like that if we can just kind of allow him to you know, be be that smooth, cool customer like he's been after Illinois. I think uh, we're sitting in a pretty good spot because our defense is solid and their offense is average, and I think that we can we can handle our our business on that side of the ball. But something's got to give, um, and if our offense can can do just enough, I think we can uh, we can get the job done.
1: Here's a stat uh Nebraska, our Scott Frost in his coaching career is twenty three and 0 when he scores thirty points. So that is the that's the, that's the number twenty three and zero when he scores thirty points. So think about how many losses and this guy's gotten his coaching career. He touches thirty and it's it's game time. So um, that's the key met key number. I'm not sure we get there. I think it's going to be a lo- lower scoring game. But um, uh, who do you think is going to be getting the lion shares of the carries on on Saturday? Right. Do you think Yan is, or are we going to go back to? Uh, uh, I think it's still going to be Ramir. I think he's proven to be,
0: you know, the, the top choice at running back and, and he's earned it. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't have any, you know, any argument there, but, um, I, I, it's easy to get excited about, you know, guys that step up in, in big moments and, um, and Yant did that, but you know that they're going to be kind of planning for him a little bit. So don't, don't, Right. don't think that he's going to come in there and just win the game for you. You got to, you got to stay true to what you've done all year um, mm-hmm. and just continue to pound the rock and allow that to open, open up additional things on the offense. But I, th- I think we still th- see Ramirez the feature back. And then hopefully we can get some compliments out of, out of Yant in the game.
1: Yeah. Some sur- short guardage and just a couple carries, you know, 10, 12 carries out of him. The running game is going to be important. Um, and obviously is it sets up everything else. So, I am uh, just beyond excited for the game, Zach. What's your plan for Saturday? I am going to be going again. I got
0: some pretty sweet, sweet uh, tickets in the uh, West Stadium. I think thirty-yard line, fifteen rows up. So um, I'm uh, I'm going to geek out probably and get in there about thirty minutes early. Stand on the stand on the fence line, watch warm ups a little bit, um, okay. and then and then just kind of go into the game mode and, and look forward to the third and fourth between the third and fourth quarter again, too. And hopefully the, uh, the
1: same results will, uh, will come out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Sa- Saturday, this is our biggest game of the year. So, uh, I don't want to hear any of you fans. Uh, you know, can you please sit down? I don't want to hear any of that shit. I want, you know, I don't want to hear, can you please sit down for many of you goddamn fans out there? <laughs> so, you know, everybody get up on your feet and don't do any complaining if the person in front of you is on their feet. So, um, it's going to be a special day, and uh, next time we talk to you, I think um, you know it's going to be we're going to be talking about this Nebraska team completely different. Um, you know, I think we get this signature victory this weekend, and uh, you know it kind of catapults us into the rest of the season, and you know puts us at four and three uh, with a struggling Minnesota team on on the horizon. So, um, you know, there's still a lot of things to play for in this uh, in this uh, conference, this division. Um, you know, it's pretty wide open outside of Iowa. So if Iowa takes their first you know, conference loss this season, you know, it's wide open right now. Nebraska there, we have six games left. Four of them are at home and currently Nebraska's undefeated at home. And they stay that way this weekend. They get the victory over, to, over the Michigan Wolverines and move to four, four and three. So that's what I'm saying. That's what's happening. And uh, we look forward to talking to you guys next week uh, after a big Husker, Husker victory, go big red thunderstruck, go big red.
0: This is the Big Red Revival.